0: The following is a Podcast One and Reels Channel presentation.
1: This program contains graphic violence and sexual situations. Viewer discretion is advised. In the span of a single year, seven middle-aged men die along the highways of Central Florida. Police are baffled until there's a startling break in the case. It was a woman who was doing the killing, a female serial killer. Female serial killers
2: are rare. And that's what made this case even more shocking.
1: She encounters her victims as a hitchhiking prostitute.
2: Her weapon of choice was a gun.
3: When she'd shot somebody, she didn't just shoot him in the head. She shot him four or five, six times. That was anger. That's overkill.
1: She claims that her childhood was rough and included abuse, rape, teen pregnancy, early prostitution, and rejection by her family.
0: A life that was so twisted (laughs) and tortured. From day one.
1: In her well-publicized murder trial, she claims self-defense in the first of seven murders. Do I think she killed in
4: self-defense after that? No. I can't tell you what she told me. It's still confidential.
5: I can see keeping her off a death row if she maybe killed one was accidentally or something, but seven.
1: Eventually, she will confess to killing in cold
3: blood. She changed her story so much it's hard to tell what's real and what isn't.
1: A controversial documentary and the award-winning film Monster starring Charlize Theron increased the female serial killer's notoriety. The question of why she killed is one still pondered by her defense attorney.
4: What kicked off in her head that turned her into a potential murderess?
1: A childhood friend.
5: She shot them. I can't excuse that. I don't excuse it.
1: And a prosecutor at her infamous trial. She may have been abused as a child, but it did not justify what she did to these men. Meet Eileen Wornos, just a down-on-her-luck prostitute with a mean streak, until murder made her famous. The story of serial killer Eileen Wornos is one of questions. Why did she kill seven men in a one-year murder spree starting in 1989?
4: Eileen's story turned into a media uh, event.
1: This prostitute and confessed murderer grabbed media attention largely because she was a female serial killer.
3: One of the issues we have with female serial killers is we seem to have trouble with the idea that they could just be psychopaths with no particular reason why they want to kill. They just like it. Psychopaths do not care about anyone but themselves and don't necessarily need a reason for why they're
0: killing. She would have these spells where the rage would come out, and that would reinforce the media coverage. She's a monster.
1: Some reporters who covered the case don't buy the psychopath excuse, subscribing to another reason for Warnos's behavior. She played the
0: victim thing to the hilt because she bought into like the media stuff. You had a camera in the courtroom going out to a national audience. It was like primetime TV. America had its first whack job maniac putting on a show. Scumbags America.
2: This story has been sold and resold many times by police officers, lawyers, and people who became friends with Warnos. And more than 20 books have been written about the case.
5: That was making media and everybody really rich. In
1: 1992, CBS airs a movie about Warnos called Overkill. Even an opera was written based on Aileen's life and produced in 2001.
4: She's taken on this kind of folk hero. Folk heroine type of persona is just a fascination with her character.
1: Charlize Theron won the Academy Award for Best Actress in 2004 for her portrayal of Wornos in the movie titled With Only One Word Monster. I don't believe that she was nearly as sympathetic a person as the movie I wanted
6: to portray her as and did.
1: Scriptwriters and authors have explored the question Did Wornos kill for revenge because she was abused and raped by men? Or was she a cold-blooded predator and psychopath? On February 29, 1956, a teenager named Diane Warnos gives birth to a baby girl. She names her Eileen. Eileen
2: Wornos would never know her father. He was a handyman, but he was also a child molester, and he left home before she was even born. He was convicted of raping a 7-year-old girl. And he ended his own life by hanging himself in prison with a bedsheet.
1: When Eileen is a young girl, her mother abandons the family, and grandparents Britta and Laurie take over. They raise Eileen, her older brother Keith, and their own two children still living at home. Eileen's grandfather allegedly abuses her for years.
5: That's enough, Laurie. I'll say when it's enough, Britta, and I'll back up.
1: You ain't even worth the air, you breathe, girl. Eileen develops extreme anger issues and acts them out at school.
2: Eileen set a roll of toilet paper on fire
1: in the bathroom of her school. Eileen's behavior soon leads to a session with her grandmother and a school counselor.
3: She's fighting constantly, cursing out the teachers,
5: and she nearly set the girls' restroom on fire. We need to get to the bottom of this behavior immediately. I've tried to help. But she got bad blood in her. Her mama and daddy, they had it. She might have inherited it.
1: I think it's a little more complicated than that, Miss Warnos.
5: No, it ain't. Say something, Eileen.
3: I hate this school. I hate Grandpa. And I hate you. Stop being a brat. I'm out of here.
1: What's more, Eileen becomes sexually active at an early age.
2: Eileen's behavior led to a downward spiral that led to her selling sex at first to boys.
4: Eileen told me that she first got into prostitution when she was around 13 and she would do it for cigarettes or or beer. That was fun. Keep the rest of the beer.
1: In 1970, at the age of 14, Eileen becomes pregnant. Her childhood friend, Don Botkins, believes she was raped by a 60-year-old neighbor.
5: This was an old man. They called Chief at the time. He was like 60 some years old. He did have kids all over, teenagers to party at his house because it made him feel important. Well, she must have got drunk one night. She probably passed out or something. And he thought, "Hmm, I got something for me to fool around with tonight," and raped her. <sighs>
1: When Eileen becomes pregnant, her grandparents send her to a facility for unwed mothers, hoping no one will find out. She gives birth to a baby boy.
5: They didn't take great pride in saying that their child has been fooling around and stuff like that and got pregnant.
0: Dr. Davis, telephone please. Dr. Davis, telephone please. Take him.
3: I said take him. You're just tired. I'll bring him back later for you to feed him. Don't bring him back to me. He already has my bad blood.
2: The baby was put up for adoption in early 1971.
1: Later that year, Eileen's grandmother falls gravely ill.
2: What happened?
4: I don't know. You happened, running around, doing drugs, screwing everyone that looked at your setup. Who set up?
1: Your mama was right to throw you out like a piece of trash. I just wish she would have done it at the junkyard
0: and not my house. Now get out.
1: The death creates a major family crisis between older brother Keith, Eileen, and their grandfather. According to childhood friend Don Botkins, the grandfather throws both Eileen and her older brother out of the house. Eileen will strike out on her own.
5: And he really did throw the kids up because he was, couldn't take care of the house any longer. He lost his
0: wife and all that.
1: That's when the seeds
0: of murder and hate and screw the world, that's when it started. Because you had that sympathy for her, but the reality was she had to toughen up.
1: Now homeless. Eileen wanders for months and sleeps wherever she can. By 1974, an 18-year-old Eileen Warnos has hitchhiked from Michigan to Colorado. She survives on money made through prostitution.
6: Men on the highway will pick up a lone woman, whether they're interested in having sex with her or not, uh, sometimes just, just to help out. Others, of course, pick up a lone woman because they think the woman... Uh, is
1: willing to have sex with them and that's why they're on the highway. Warnos's life as a prostitute isn't an easy one.
3: You bastard!
4: There are so few ways for a person in her situation to make money and it is the oldest profession for a reason, because when people need money, that's what they do.
1: Often drunk, Eileen is arrested in Jefferson no County, Colorado for disorderly conduct.
2: <H-2>
0: okay.
2: Then something amazing happened. Eileen moved to Florida, a warmer climate. Okay. There, she met a multimillionaire named Louis Gratz Fell. He was 69, and she was just 20.
3: Thanks. It's getting hot out there.
2: Where are you headed?
3: Wherever you want to take me, Daddy.
6: A pretty girl like you should be careful jumping in the cars of strangers.
3: Look, man, I don't need a social worker. I just need to make a few extra bucks if you know what I mean. Slow.
6: Let me do all the work. You look like you've worked hard enough. Let somebody take care of you for a change.
1: A relationship between Fell and Warnos quickly develops, and the two marry not long after.
2: Just as quickly as Warnos and Fell got married, it
0: all began to fall apart. You're my wife now, not some street whore. You come in here at a decent hour. I can do what the hell I want to. You'll do it without a dime from me. Your allowance is cut.
1: No, you won't. Eileen's violent temper is out of control. Soon, she will go from releasing her rage on her husband to slaughtering total strangers. It's 1976. 20-year-old Eileen Warnos hitchhikes to Florida. She's picked up by a wealthy 69-year-old man named Louis Fell, and they marry shortly thereafter. But the relationship is tumultuous. According to the book Monster, My True Story, Eileen beats Fell with his own walking cane after he cuts her allowance. Louis soon files for divorce.
3: She could have done okay with him, except she was abusive to him.
2: Eileen pawned the diamond ring, and Louis Fell disappeared. He also obtained a restraining order against her.
1: Back on her own and alone, Eileen learns that her 21-year-old brother, Keith whom she was close to growing up, has died from throat cancer. Over the next few years, Eileen spirals out of control. She creates fake aliases, commits crimes, has unsuccessful relationships with men, and allegedly attempts suicide more than once. Eileen claims that she shoots herself in the stomach after a bad breakup, but there's no evidence to support this claim. On May 20th, 1981, Eileen walks into a convenience store with a loaded gun.
5: Empty the register. Now!
1: She walks away with a total of $33. Have a nice day. Police arrest Warnos. She is fingerprinted, convicted, and serves approximately a year in state prison.
2: Eileen was in and out of jail for forging checks, for car theft, for robbery, and for other charges. In
1: 1986, the wandering prostitute makes a true human connection and meets the person whom she later calls the love of her life.
5: Want some company?
2: Look, I- Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Her life changed when she met a woman named Tyra Moore at a bar. Tyra had worked as a maid for local hotels.
0: Aileen Warnos's only sense of compassion was with a lesbian. She would give her what she needed sexually. But to pay off of Warnos was tenderness, comfort, maybe an embrace, the warmth of sleeping with somebody.
5: Ty
4: dear yeah. I'll take care of you I'll make sure you have whatever you need Eileen always wanted to provide and take care of Ty and, and be that uh, mother hovering figure
1: Eileen promises her new girlfriend Tyra Moore the world but after a while the lack of money puts a strain on their relationship
3: what's wrong? I'm tired of this Working these dingy hotel rooms for crap pay We're never going to be able to move into our own place Yes, we will, Ty Just be patient I am out
0: of patience, Eileen I'm going back to Ohio Don't you say that to me
5: I need you, Ty I don't know what I would do without you I'm going to get the money, I promise Whatever
3: I'm going to get the money
1: While hitchhiking in November 1989, Eileen Warnos is picked up by 51-year-old businessman Richard Mallory of Clearwater, Florida.
3: Just like killers who kill prostitutes because they'll get in the car, they're more available. She picked men who would easily go with her.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to help me make some money now, Richard? I need some for rent and stuff.
1: Take your clothes off.
3: <sighs> you gonna take yours off?
1: I like to do it with <laughs> you
3: know, um, wait, get cool. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. Shut up. Uh, ah, ah.
5: Uh, 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 get off of me!
1: No! Eileen alleges that Mallory ties her hands to the steering wheel of the car. Uh, now you're gonna do what I say. Uh, 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 Warnos will later claim that Mallory sodomizes her. Oh, oh.
5: <laughs>
1: Eileen reaches for a 22 caliber handgun that she carries with her. <laughs>
2: Eileen will later admit in court that she made up this very detailed story, a contrived a
6: false story about how she had been uh, attacked by him, how he tried to
1: rape her, how he had tied her up. Use it to
6: my
4: ears.
1: Richard Mallory becomes Eileen Warno's first victim.
4: Richard Mallory did set, set it off, and that was that. She wasn't going to take it anymore.
3: She developed this anger against men, against life, against people.
1: Warnos steals Richard Mallory's money, a camera, a radar detector, and his car. Using a fake ID, she pawns Richard's belongings and continues prostituting for money. Eventually, Eileen and Tyra are able to move in together.
5: Oh. Oh. Our own place.
3: I got you something. There it is. There it is.
5: Who's Richard? Just the guy. Same guy who's got we in? Yeah.
3: Well, where is he now? It don't matter, Ty. Where is he, Eileen?
5: Killed him. What? It was gonna be me or him. It's okay. <laughs> what did you do with him? Left him in the woods. What if somebody finds out? Nobody's going to find out. I'm not going to let nothing come between us.
4: Okay? No, I think that Eileen was the sole power behind everything that happened, because she was in the role of protecting Tide. Terria Moore was a source of
0: an anchoring, a loving source of nourishment, of reinforcement of love in, in that kind of way.
1: Six months after killing Richard Mallory, her first victim, Wuornos hitches a ride with 43-year-old David Spears, a construction worker from Sarasota, Florida. Since Warnos will only face trial for her first murder and will confess to all subsequent murders, those confessions form the basis of these dramatizations.
5: Gotta see if you're worth a price. <laughs> it's definitely worth the price, Daddy. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know what? Take me back to the hotline. Oh,
6: wait, 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 wait.
5: No tip. Get in the
0: back.
1: (laughs) Eileen claims to feel threatened by what she perceives is a weapon in the bed of the man's pickup truck.
5: What's this for? It's just a little junk I got to take to the yard. You were going to try and rape me? Huh? You were going to try and rape me? No, 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 baby. I, I already paid for you, so come on. Let's let's go ahead and do what we came out here to do. If I can go ahead and get out.
3: claimed each and every one was self-defense. Then she retracted those statements.
2: Eileen would later say that she made up the part about self-defense in the killing of David Spears. She changed her story so much it's hard to tell what's real and what isn't.
1: The body of David Spears won't be found for two weeks. He will be identified by dental records. Just as she did with her first victim, Warno steals David Spears' money and vehicle.
6: Eileen kept bringing home property that wasn't hers and the property of men obviously and automobiles were not hers
1: eileen warnos has murdered a second victim and her body count will continue to rise murder made me famous we'll be back after a word from our sponsors this program contains graphic violence and sexual situations viewer discretion is advised Please don't kill me, please. By 1990, Eileen Wornos is a prostitute with a long rap sheet who's killed two of her Johns. After shooting them, Eileen steals their cars, valuables, and leaves their dead bodies behind. Girlfriend Tyra Moore is curious how Wornos has obtained a vehicle.
3: Look, baby. Where did you get this, Lee? Work.
5: And the car.
1: I According like to the, the book Lethal Intent, Warnos tells Moore she borrowed the bad. truck from a friend.
5: I'm sure she said to, you know, Tyron, Moore, God, I killed another man today. I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. She boasted over it, Say, man, I do all this for you. I killed these men for you.
1: Around the same time in 1990, 41-year-old Charles Karskaden from Prairie Home, Missouri, picks up a hitchhiking Wornos. Presumably for sex. Hey, what are you doing? Karsgaden becomes Eileen Warnos's third victim. His body will be discovered a few days after the corpse of victim number two, David Spears, is found.
6: Eileen always took the position that the men who picked her up were looking for sex. Uh, we don't have anything except her testimony to support that.
1: In the summer of 1990, Peter Seams, a 65-year-old retired merchant marine and Christian missionary, is presumed to be Warnos's fourth victim. Unlike the others, it's believed that merely offering a ride to Warnos is his fatal mistake. Give me your money! It's okay, it's okay. do okay. Stop. Okay. Stop. Stop!
5: She would tell me they were all in self-defense, except for that one, the guy with the Bible. That one really bothers me a lot.
1: Warnos' motive? Money. Warnos steals Peter Seems' car, cash, and a Bible protected him. His body is never found.
2: Her mode of operation was to get a guy to pull over with the promise of sex for money. Then she wanted him to buy some beer and go into a wooded area. Then she shoots him multiple times with a 22 caliber gun and robs him of his money and his vehicle.
6: I don't think there's anything early on that caused law enforcement to believe it was a woman uh, that was doing the killing. At the start, we didn't know these killings were were joined. They were far enough apart in various uh, counties of the state of Florida, central Florida largely. Still, they're far enough spread out that we're not putting the killings uh, uh, together.
1: In the span of approximately eight months, four middle-aged Caucasian men have been killed by Eileen Warnos. And she searches for even more victims along Central Florida's busy highways.
3: When she killed the first person and stole things from him, she she very quickly realized she could get stuff, like steal their cars, steal items, you know, pawn them, get money. She became what we call a greed killer.
1: In July of 1990, after killing victim number four, Peter Seams, Warnos and girlfriend Tyra Moore... Takes scene's stolen car after a drive and wreck it.
3: Come on, honey, we gotta go. Come on.
1: A panicked Wornos leaves her fingerprints on the car.
5: Come on. Come on, hurry up. up. Let me go. Come on. You Ty idiot it. The cops show here. We are what you crazy? done. Go.
1: Residents who live nearby witness Eileen and Tyra flee the scene of the accident. Wornos's fingerprints are in statewide crime files from her previous arrests. Her prints from the wrecked, stolen car are then matched to items she's pawned and evidence from murder scenes.
6: Eileen was leaving the scene without uh, doing much to avoid detection. She was not sophisticated at hiding her, her tracks, so to speak.
1: Eileen Wornos takes on many aliases and uses various fake IDs including one with the name of Cammy Green. The fingerprints and the fake ID put authorities on the trail of Eileen Warnos. So the prints on the pawn shop slip matched the ones in the car.
0: Yes, but we had to do a little digging because whoever pawned it used a stolen ID belonging to uh Cammy Green. But we were able to match those prints to an Eileen Carol Warnos. We found other prints in the car as well. Well, the couple at the crash
1: can identify the two women. Let's get a sketch from them and get in the paper. I'm on it. Their descriptions were
6: given to the police, and Eileen's description fit with other evidence that they had put together, and they thought that she might be the person that they'd been looking for.
1: Just weeks after the sketches are made public, police discover the body of a fifth Warnos victim, 50-year-old Eugene Troy Burris, a salesman from Ocala, Florida.
2: Like most of the victims, Troy Burress was traveling for work, and he was making sales calls in various towns. Many of the victims' loved ones believed that the men were just trying to help out a woman in need because she would tell people that her car had broken down.
1: In September 1990, a state employee, 56-year-old Charles Dick Humphreys of Crystal River, Florida, becomes Eileen's sixth murder victim. His body is found fully clothed. And his trouser pockets inside out. He's been shot numerous times.
6: All of the victims were killed with uh, a twenty-two caliber
0: firearm. She actually had a territory. One of us was literally crisscrossing uh, I-75, I-95, Central Florida, the, the roadways, and her target were truckers.
1: The seventh victim is Walter Gino Antonio, a truck driver in his early 60s from Merritt Island, Florida. By December, the police sketches of Eileen Wornos and Tyra Moore are published in more regional newspapers.
2: Police receive more than 500 tips, and one of those tips connects the fake ID of Cammie Green to a local motel and pawn shop. This cracked open the case, and the fingerprints became critical evidence. The search for Eileen Wornos was on.
1: Feeling the Heat Tyra decides to return to Ohio and move back in with her parents.
2: So this is it.
5: I did it all for you.
3: What's well, now for for Ohio?
5: Finally,
3: come back. Please. Please come back. Please come
2: Her relationship with Eileen Warnos ended at the bus station.
5: Her girlfriend could not really deal with life herself. Eileen Warnos cold heartedly killed these men because of prostitution over another woman and killed that many men and take their cars and jewelry and money. Man, that's got to be a powerful love.
1: But is Tyra's love for Eileen Warnos powerful enough to keep her murderous secrets, or will she betray Eileen when the feds start closing in? Sketches of wanted serial killer Eileen Warnos and her lover Tyra Moore are splashed all over the news. Feeling the heat, Moore ends her relationship with Warnos and moves back to Ohio. Eileen is distraught over losing the woman she will later call the love of her life.
5: I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna make sure you have whatever you need. I did it all for
3: you. Violet, come back to me. Please. Please come back. I'm sorry.
1: Meanwhile, police compare the fingerprints they have on file for Warnos to prints left on a pawn shop ticket for items she stole from her first victim, Richard Mallory. She pawned his Minolta Freedom camera and a Radio Shack radar detector. Other tips lead police to the bar where Eileen and Tyra often hung out when they were dating.
0: Warnos was homeless for most of her adult life. Her place of residence was a bar called the last
2: resort the last resort was a typical biker bar that served beer and wine only later after the movie monster came out it would become kind of a tourist destination
1: after a mammoth manhunt police track warnos down in florida and keep her under surveillance for several days finally on january 9th 1991 they make their move Undercover police officers arrest Warnos outside, outside the Last Resort the Bar. Now in custody is the rarest of criminals, a female serial killer.
3: Her story is so tangled with self-serving statements, lies, contradictions. It's very difficult to know why she was actually killing. <laughs> Perhaps she found it thrilling.
1: Though Eileen Warnos is in police custody, the search continues for girlfriend Tyra Moore.
2: After cops released the composite sketch, they got a lot of tips, and many of them pointed the finger at Tyra, a motel maid from Ohio who hung out with a companion.
1: But by now, Tyra has fled to Pennsylvania and writes letters to Eileen in jail, giving Warnos a phone number where she can be reached. Eileen calls Tyra in an attempt to comfort her former girlfriend.
5: I would die for you.
3: What you? You evidently don't love me no more. You're going to get me in trouble for something that I didn't do. I'm not going to let you get in trouble.
5: I don't know whether I should keep living or if I should. I'm not
3: going to let you go to jail.
5: If I have to confess, I will. Why now did you do this?
3: I was so worried. About us losing our apartment and stuff. I was scared we were gonna lose our place.
5: Believing that we weren't gonna be together. I love
1: you right next to God. You know that? Police have caught up with Tyra Moore, and she's fully cooperating.
4: Ironically, it was Tyria Moore who betrayed Aileen Moros. They got a hold of Ty, scared the hell out of her. And so uh, when Eileen called, ty from the jail it was a tape recorded phone call
1: this is an actual recording of eileen talking to tyra if i have to confess everything just to
5: keep you from getting
1: told my will don't worry
5: okay okay I love you no we'll do it now get it over with
4: uh they set uh, eileen up they set her up on the telephone so she would give a full confession by using ty I probably won't live long.
3: <laughs> but when I die,
4: my spirit's gonna follow you and keep you out of trouble.
3: Well, I gotta go. Bye, See you on the other side.
4: Tyria is afraid that she's going to get busted. So Eileen
1: eventually says, I'll confess to everything to protect you. On the 16th of January, 1991, Eileen Warnos arrives in a police conference room with something to tell officers. Three, seven, seven. There's
6: of- I- Eileen, of course, exonerated her, and it's one of the reasons Eileen, I think, talked.
2: For three hours, police asked Eileen about the seven murders, and during that time, she laughed and she cried, and she said that all of these men had gotten violent with her, and she had to kill them to protect herself.
1: Forensic psychologist Catherine Ramsland believes that Warnos is psychopathic.
2: The common
3: narrative for Eileen Warnos is that she, because she has abuse and disadvantage, that, that inevitably she grew up to be a violent person. And that's simply not true because lots of people have terrible abuse and deprivation and neglect. Psychopaths do not care about anyone but themselves and don't necessarily need a reason for why they're killing. And they don't care that they have killed or hurt anybody. They have no remorse.
1: In an attempt to clear her name, Tyra Moore reveals what she knows about the murders Eileen Warnos has committed. Moore insists she wasn't involved in any of the killings herself. In interviews, she tells reporters that she was frightened that Eileen might kill her.
3: One diagnosis was borderline personality disorder, another antisocial personality disorder. There was some hint that perhaps she had a a delusional or even a schizotypal type of disorder.
1: Psychological exams show that Wornos has psychopathic tendencies.
3: She was diagnosed as a psychopath with a distinct score on the psychopathy checklist. The psychopathy checklist is a diagnostic instrument, the highest score being 40. If you fall within 30 to 40, you're diagnosed as a psychopath. She had a score of 32. That's fairly high for a female. It puts her right in the range of psychopathy.
1: Police formally charge Warnos with the murder of her first victim, Richard Mallory. Eileen Warnos's capital punishment trial is nearing, but will her pleas of self-defense and insanity help her get away with murder? When Eileen Warnos confesses to killing seven men, the story explodes across front pages of newspapers and at the top of newscasts across the globe. Eileen becomes a news media celebrity killer.
2: Because the concept of a female serial killer was so rare, many people involved in the case looked for a way to cash in. They would hire agents and they would try and negotiate book deals, movie deals, interviews with tabloid media. It seemed like many people wanted to make money off of this.
1: Warnos acquires the moniker The Damsel of Death. A year after her arrest on January 14, 1992, Eileen Warnos stands trial for the murder of Richard Mallory. She claims she killed Mallory and most of the others in self-defense. Prosecutors base their case mainly on the videotaped confession. In her initial storytelling, Warnos didn't claim that Richard Mallory had raped her. Testifying for the prosecution, Tyra Moore is the witness everyone wants to hear. According to the Orlando Sentinel, Moore is on the stand for more than an hour and punches holes in her ex-lover's story of self-defense. On the stand, Moore recounts December 1st, 1989, the day Richard Mallory was shot.
5: And she just came out and said, I have something to tell you. And I asked her what. And she said that she had shot and killed a man that day.
1: Upon cross-examination, Warnos's lawyer asks Moore about the series of 11 telephone calls made in jail and tape recorded by police without Wuornos' knowledge or permission. In order
0: for her to say what you wanted her to, you lied to, right? Yes.
1: News reports indicate that Moore avoids eye contact with Warnos throughout most of her testimony. Against the advice of her attorneys, Warnos takes the stand to testify. She pleads not guilty and claims she killed Richard Mallory in self-defense. I, I
5: thought to myself, i got to fight, I'm going to die. This guy is going to play with me and play with me and then he's going
1: to kill me. Her fan club
4: believes that she was raped um, and sodomized. In my mind, Richard Mallory did set, set it off.
1: She becomes agitated and angry during cross-examination. Warnos is the only defense witness. Her lawyers argue that the detectives and Tyra Moore talked to the media and sold their stories, and they exaggerated in order to make the offers more lucrative. On January twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two, a jury convicts Warnos of capital murder. Warnos explodes with rage at the jury as they file out of the courtroom. The judge sentences Warnos.
0: Killed by warrant of the governor of the state of Florida, you, Eileen Carroll, Warnos, be electrocuted until you are dead.
1: Attorney Stephen Glazer represents Eileen in her remaining murder cases.
4: After she sentenced to death, she said, how many more times can they kill me? What's for me to believe doesn't matter what I believe. My job was
1: to protect her. On March 31, 1992, while incarcerated, Warnos pleads no contest to the murders of Humphreys, Burris, and Spears, stating, quote, I wanted to confess to you that Richard Mallory did violently rape me as I've told you, but these others did not. Wornos is given three more death sentences. During her time in jail, Wornos is adopted by a Christian woman, Arlene Crowley, and her husband. Eileen becomes religious herself.
4: She said to me, I don't want to languish on death row for 20, 25, 30 years. I want to go home to God. Eileen found Jesus and said to herself, it's time to come clean.
1: Coming clean leads to Wornos denying that any of the murders are in self-defense. After almost a decade of appeals... Eileen asks the judge to stop the appeal process. No
5: sense in keeping me alive because I just would absolutely kill again. I've got too much anger, too much hatred in me.
4: She does admit, finally, that she did it because she was tired of men and she did it to rob them. Look, the pants pockets were found inside out. One time she took the gun and reloaded. I mean, there was a lot of hate there.
1: You know, that that tells a lot. By October 2002, Florida execution laws have changed, and Eileen is put to death by lethal injection.
6: I was there when Eileen was executed. I felt it was something I should do as having personally handled the case in the courtroom. She appeared perfectly calm and at peace. I played a role in, in putting her where she was. And uh, I was relieved that she was relieved.
1: Warno speaks these final words before death. I'd just like to say, I'm sailing with the rock, and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, Big Mothership and all, I'll be back.
2: The ashes of Eileen Warno were scattered around a tree near Don Botkin's home in Michigan.
5: She wanted me to spread her ashes right when I got home because she didn't want me to dwell on it. And her tree, look at it. It's shining up big, isn't it? Isn't it, though? It's incredible.
4: There's people who had it just as bad as Eileen who did not kill anyone. So you got to ask the question, what kicked off in her head that turned her into a potential murderess? I'll never know, and I've studied the case, I've read everything, and I still don't know why somebody snaps.
6: Her legacy is a legacy of sorrow and brokenness. There are some families that will never recover from Eileen Warner's. That concludes this episode of Murder Made
1: Me Famous. Don't forget to go to reels.com, that's r e e l z.com for clips, extras, and more. And don't forget to subscribe on podcast1.com, the Podcast One app, and Apple Podcasts.